Okay, uh, quickly, let's just go over last Sunday's message. Let me just open it up, and then we're going to interact, and then we're going to pray. Um, really, last Sunday began the Sunday before that, where we clearly established that Jesus Christ is the captain of our salvation from Joshua chapter 5, in verses 13 through 15. I'm going to read just those three verses, then I'm going to facilitate the meeting tonight. It says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. And then in chapter 6 going on, he gave very specific instructions for strategy to winning the battle. And from what we said two Sundays ago now, and even last Sunday, we need to acknowledge Jesus as the captain of our salvation. I think most of, most of us know that it's, it's, it's our Lord, it's our Savior, we know that. But our, sometimes we have a tendency to have an intellectual knowledge and not really a heart-believing knowledge, which is what needs to happen. So in this case, Joshua quickly found out that Jesus was not there to do anything else but to lead them into battle and to win the victory. And when you look through the instructions and what Jesus told them to do, being uh, the priest blowing the trumpet, the priest uh, uh, marching around Jericho six times, uh, every day, once a day for six days, and on the seventh day, seven times, and having the Ark of the Covenant, the priest and the people blowing the trumpet, and how they were to keep, to keep quiet. From the whole passage, there were so many things for us to glean. So very quickly, I just want us to go, what did you glean? We said it last Sunday, but I just want us to go back again. What did you get making personal application to where you are now? Whatever you are looking for Jesus to bring to pass in your life, to manifest, how can we apply the principles we saw in Joshua to where we are? I'm opening it up now. Is it, can we close that door, please? Thank you. So how can we make the personal application based on where you, are, you and I are? Is it a job you believe in God for? Is it promotion? Is it business profitability? Is it whatever it is? How can we make, yes? Mine was uh, those six days was what I termed it when you were preaching on Sunday. That the fact that they had to be, walk around one time, be quiet, no questions, because... The, like you said, the patience, faith is there. My problem is the patience. Like even you get a job, you're waiting for them. And I was saying the same thing. I was like, Lord, forgive me. Even as you're doing the message, I was writing those, Father, forgive me. I was like, this is a song <laughs> out of this. But be patient. And those six days, you're still waiting on God. You're focusing on God. You're, and in that time, be thanking God. Because a lot of times we for, I forget the staying in thanks. I was like, I was patient before something happened. Then it happened. And because it wasn't fully there, then I started worrying again and I'm like where is where is your patient salvation where is your where's your thanks go back 
to your thing. So, I mean, I kept telling Ledumas, like, remind me, have you praised God today? Because it's a new praise that I'm giving him. It's a new thanks. Even if it's the same words, but it's a diff- I'm thanking him almost new kind of thing. So that's, that's one thing from Sunday that I took that. Just time right there. Yeah. Just time right there. Because that's it. What, what she said, a mouthful <laughs> that many of us can really pay attention to. Pastor Tosin brought to my attention last Sunday the scripture in Hebrews 6.15, which I read during the message, but, <laughs> but in reading it, I just read over it, and then she brought something to my attention. I said, whoa! That scripture in Hebrews 6.15 says that we should patiently endure. That endure is the same word as patient in Greek. So, so in essence, to salvation's point, what God is trying to say to us is patiently be patient. I mean, for people like me, I need, I need that three times. Patiently be patient. That's, that's what we're saying. And the Bible assures us that after, after, after being patient, after we've done the will of God, we will receive the promise. But the point she's making, which I think is huge for all of us, is while you are waiting patiently, what do you do? What do you do? That's where, that's where many of us, through unbelief or through the wrong attitude, uproot the seed that we've planted. Yeah. Or we kill the seed. So the correct disposition while you're waiting is thanksgiving or praising. Even though the thing has not manifested, you are still trusting, you are still believing. Praising God and giving thanks is the proof that you're still in faith believing for that thing to come. Is that, is that easy enough for us to... Can we remember that? <laughs> it says you can remember its application. Are, are you done? Okay, good. So patience, good. Anybody else? What else? What else can we glean from the from that scripture, as far as practical application handles. There are walls before you, and you want to break through those walls, walls that contain your blessings, walls that limit you from getting to where God wants you to go. The walls of Jericho represents opposition to whatever it is that God wants to accomplish in your life. First, I think it's important we know that you need to acknowledge the fact that you need Jesus to help you. I mean, that's a, I mean, we say it very lightly, but I don't know that how many times we actually hold the bulls by the horn and just say, you know what, I'm going to go forward without even asking him. He wants to be involved. The battle is not ours, it's his. He's fought it, God knows victory, we need to just walk into the victory that's already obtained for us. So we acknowledge him. And of course, in acknowledging him, you ask him for what needs to happen. Patience. Anything else? Yes. I think there's another thing in that patience thing. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, it's um, like when God already told them that um, he has given them the land. Yes. They didn't, he didn't need to pray and say, God, give me the land, which is what we do sometimes. Hmm. We know that God has given us and promised us hmm. things through what Jesus Christ has done. Yes. But sometimes we we'll keep on asking. What we need to do is to wait, like you rightly stay, keep quiet in the presence of God. Let him give you the instruction how this will happen. 
how you need to go about this. It might be job, you know, staying in his presence. He can tell you, okay, go to this place and apply for this job. I remember when I went to the place I'm working. I've been working there for 17 years. Wow, Power America? Yes. Uh, do you own a place yet? <laughs> <laughs> no. Ownership is on the way. When, <laughs> when um, somebody told me, I when I used to pass there, you know, I would say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I was working in a retail store. I said, Lord, why can't I work in an office? This is an office. There's, a, there's an office there. And I was pointing to this uh, Primerica. And then there came a time, somebody said, oh, I learned they have an opening there. I said, what do they do? I didn't even know what they were doing. He said, it's insurance. I said, ah, that's not my background. I won't go. So I didn't go for a week or two. Then as I waited on the Lord, he said, go, just tell them that you have enough education to do what they are doing. <laughs> and so I went there. I went for the interview. I applied for that job. And then even though it was starting position, but I didn't mind. You know, I went there, and the lady asked me, you know, you, uh, you have nutrition background. What, are you, what do you know about uh, insurance. insurance and investment? I said, I don't know. I don't have anything, <laughs> but I believe I will be able to learn. Um, I learn easily. And she gave me the job. And then, you know, so when you were teaching about this, you know, that just... Uh, Came to your I mind. Just, yeah, I just remembered that. I say it is important. Yeah, God has given us... Um, we need to continue to seek his, his face on how, Amen. what we need to do, what, how we need to wait and all that. Amen. You know, because sometimes people say, grace, okay, God has given me. We don't even need to pray. We don't need to wait. But we need to change the way we pray. Absolutely. I agree with that perfectly. And I think the point she's making here, I think we need to, to talk about that for a minute. Because leading up to these instructions, is very true. Joshua chapter 5, I believe, first couple of verses. God reassured, in fact, from Joshua chapter 1, reassured Joshua of the victory that he will give them. In fact, not even would, that he has already given them. And told him that every place where the uh, soles of his feet tread upon, he will possess. So he had a promissory note in his hand. He already had a promise. This is huge. Look at the U.S. currency. It's a promissory note that upon tender, the U.S. government stands to back up this currency. And you know I've been in this country for a few years now. Different administrations, it's never failed. Whether it's uh, Trump, Obama before that. Uh, who was before him? George Bush. George Bush. <laughs> Clinton, uh, Bush. Reagan, uh, and on and on and on and on. It's never failed. So if world governments know how to stand behind their currency and they back it up, how much more the government of heaven? So the point is, I do not go to a store in the United States and ask the retailer, would, would you accept this currency? I don't, have to, I don't have to ask that question. So what Sister Nkoi is saying is, we need to know under grace how to appropriate the blessings of God. We should not be asking God to do something that what is already done. Now, we should be asking. Relative to what he has already done, depending on where you are, it is all right for you to say, Father, I know you, you have a job for me in this city. Because you know God wants you to be 
gainfully, productively employed so you can have income, so you can take care of your family and the kingdom of God. We, we, we know that. So it's all right to ask God, what is the source of my provision? Where is that source? Lead me to it today. Open my eyes so I can see. So I can see what your provision is for me. So you are not asking him to give or make provision. That is really insulting. But you are asking him to show you where that provision has been made for you. Because you already know he gives you what your daily bread. And he daily loads me and you with what benefits. I am really, really convinced that when we change the way we pray, we're going to get more results. So that's a very good point she just made. Amen? Amen. Did I say anybody else's hand? Yes. Thank you. Um, as I sit down here, yes. I, I've soaked in the issue of patience. Yes. It's well taken. I agree with that. Yes. The Bible said it. If I disbelieve, it's my business. <laughs> that is God's word. But even here right now, yes. I believe more often than not, God wants to give you something bigger than you ever think Correct. you can have. And that, again, might be the essence of the waiting. So as you wait, you must know that what you're about to get is what is good, what is great, what is bigger than you, what you can never think or imagine. Because imagine the size of Jericho. I wouldn't know what yes. size it was. But imagine the size of the wall. Yes. This is the the height of the children of Israel marching <laughs> around it. That's a good one, yes. It's the great thing he yes. was about to give to them. Yes. So they needed to be patient to possess it. Correct. The patience justifies what will come their way. Absolutely. Now, our sister just testified that she has a background in nutrition. Therefore, she doubted, I'm not good enough for that place. Hmm. But God had made her good enough for that place. Amen. It's not for reason of her academic background or whatsoever. Yes. But if the Lord says it, yes. it is so. Amen. So I'm in the waiting game too. Amen. And I'm possessing something greater than Amen. me. Amen. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. In Jesus' name. That is very good. Right, something that my wife said to me on the way home on Sunday that, that's, that, that really just uh, complements the waiting thing. When you go back to the context and the background of these Israelites, you notice that all of the older generation that came out of Egypt that died. They did not see the plagues that God sent to Egypt. They didn't see that. They did not see Moses' rod turned to a snake, eating up the, swallowing the snakes of the Egypt. They didn't see any of that. They did not see the Israelites cross the Red Sea. They didn't see any of that. Their first supernatural experience with God was when they crossed Jordan. And subsequently, their circumcision. And when you read later in the book of Joshua, towards the end of it, and the beginning of Judges, God said he was going to keep some of those wicked nations and keep them there. Why? So he can teach those younger generations how to battle. What's the point I'm making? This generation of people that were marching around Jericho were those who had not had the, ability, who had not had the opportunity to exercise faith. So, yes, marching around Jericho indeed was a patient task. But at the same time, imagine 
Those in Jericho could see them when they were marching because there were houses on the wall. Rahab's house was on the wall. So by marching six days, they were exposed. So not only were they learning patience, they were also learning to exercise what? Faith. Because they were exposed. The enemy could just pick them up one by one. They were easy targets for the enemy. No doubt about that. So by obeying what God said to them, in spite of the fact that they were exposed, they were walking in faith. While at the same time, exercising patience. And that's why we see those, that scripture with those two things together. Uh, which scripture was that? Hebrews. Through faith and patience, inheriting the promise. Faith and patience. They go hand in hand, like a hand and glove. Amen? Yes? Something else I'd like to add to that was not only were they walking in patience, um, they are also walking in trust. Because a lot of times we believe, but then we don't really trust. And they had to trust God. They had to trust him at his word. They had to... Trust without seeing the end results. They just had to put their whole entire faith along with their trust that God would do, he would be there to protect them and he would do what he said he was going to do. So believing and trusting, I, you know, a lot of people say I believe, but then I, I think we, fa we fail when we don't trust because you can say you can believe with your mouth, but trust really comes when you believe without having seen it or feeling it or tasting it or seeing any proof of it. You have to trust them. Amen. Oh, Pastor Charles. And then we need to, we need to pray. Yeah. You have something? Okay. In the context of what you said about the generation that was marching yes. around the walls, that yes. really that was an opportunity for them to to um, work their faith, yes. to experience God at work through their faith. Yes. And layered upon what Pastor Sharon just said uh, about trusting God. Um, maybe um, the opportunity really wasn't, was as much for trusting God as it was for trusting their leaders. God said, if you believe uh, God, you will... Uh, you believe the prophets. Uh, if you prosper. prosper. Yes that there's a sense in which sometimes when our leaders speak to us, we yeah, may yeah. not discern, we may not comprehend, Amen. but sometimes trusting God enough to trust our leaders Amen. may be the breakthrough that, um, that wins, uh, Amen. that gets us to the place of victory. Amen. That is very good. Because actually in Joshua, God said that to Joshua in the book, uh, I think the first couple of chapters, that it will begin to magnify Joshua in the eyes of the Israelites. That was, that was a very important point. That's true. That is very true. Yes, Dr. Honor, please. The, the, the idea I got out and which you um, emphasized, uh, I think it was last Sunday, not the previous one, was the idea that marching around that wall six times a day for six days seven times on the seventh day was to bring them to the end of themselves. Correct. Um, to know that um, on our own, we cannot do this thing. Absolutely. 
it has to be God and God himself. Amen. Um, I liked it when you said God wore them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's he right. He wore them out. That's right. Because I think, you know, like uh, Paul said, that it is only in our weakness. Yes, that his grace is perfected. That his strength, strength. is perfected. Correct. And, you know, I have, I, have, I have seen that played out in my life so many, many times. Um, I think of something, and then, of course, uh, I want to use my intellect. Yes. I want to use my uh, reasoning power. Yes. Uh, until I have to come to a place where I say, well, I know you, God, have given me, you know, the reasoning power but it is to be used for your own glory. What is it that you want me to do? It's not by my power, it's not by my might, but it is by the Spirit. Amen. So um, it is always good to know where God is leading us, that he, does not, he doesn't need our strength, he doesn't need my strength. At all. You know, the Bible says be strong, but I hear him say be strong. In the Lord. In the Lord. Yes. Be strong in the Lord. Yeah. That is so, what you're saying, I think for all of us, it's sobering, humbling, but I believe it's really the tipping point of getting results. Because when you go back and look at how God used men in history, okay, so Adam is going to give him a wife, what did he do? Put him to sleep. So if, 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 he's, if he's beautiful, Adam can say, I'll pick her. The guy, he was totally neutralized. So Adam had nothing to do with it, cannot get any credit. So he's going to cut a covenant with Abraham. What did he do? He put him to deep sleep. So Abraham cannot say, wow, like Donald Trump, I make a good deal with God. He can't say it. I can't, he couldn't say he negotiated a deal because he was totally neutralized. You know, so when men have been at their weakest point, God has been at the strongest, I mean, he's spoken the loudest. So I think it's a huge lesson for all of us to practice what Dr. Nafat just said. No matter how trivial, no matter how glaringly simple, how ridiculous simple, to just be in that place of acknowledgement, to just say, you know what? God, increase in this matter. Increase in this matter. God, you know, listen, God, I know you give me the wisdom, you give me the, but I'm, I'm asking you, is this, because the truth of the matter is, whenever you and I employ our wisdom, Chances are we will repeat what we did yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and over and over, because that's what we've been used to doing. But we saw in the scripture, Jesus never healed the same person twice. I mean, rather, he didn't heal different people twice the same way. He used different methods. Because obviously, it's what I say to him, today, this is how we're going to do it. Tomorrow, this is how we're going to do it. So yes, I think that's a very important point for us to get to the place where we're constantly uh, just uh, becoming what I call a barefooted priest. You know when you're barefooted? What happens to your feet? You feel everything on the ground. You are terribly sensitive. Pebbles, stone, glass, grass. You, you feel everything around you when you're barefooted. So as a barefooted priest, the idea there is, the notion there is recognizing at all times that God is in control and you need him to be in control of your life and whatever the situation is. Yeah. That will take us a long way. Amen. Are there any walls that need to come down tonight? Does anybody have any walls that they, need, they want to come down tonight? Yes. 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 Well, nobody's talking back to me. I'm asking the question. Yes. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody's. 
<laughs> Can we just stand up tonight? Brother Larry, please come. Can we do this before, before uh, Pastor Larry prays? Can, can we just talk to one another? Let's find a partner, a brother, a sister. Let's, let's just talk about what walls are you looking for God to... to uh, let, let, can we just do some body ministry? And let's just... Mr. And, 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 yeah, and, and the, the Holy Spirit is in charge now, so don't, don't, don't look at your wife, your husband, and say, you know... <laughs> Let's just trust God for one another. Let's trust God for one another. Amen. Can you trust God with me? <laughs> Where are you going to go hide? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I think I...